DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. It's all about the buzz, but hey, listen, guys, we're going into the kitchen today. It's the Kitchen Podcast, and so we're over here live on um, uh, in the kitchen, <laughs> in the kitchen with Dryer Buzz. You know, we rock a podcast here and there, but I wanted to do this one just kind of as an after conversation after we do a kitchen episode. So it's about maybe 24 hours later. I think yesterday we went in and we made some gravy because we, uh, it's the summertime and, and our schedules, our schedule is totally off. Um, because there's so much going on and then too, it's too hot to be in the kitchen. And, but yet I wanted to mark this time because this is around the time last year that we actually kind of really got rolling and it might've even been, I don't know. I don't know that we've been doing this a little bit more than a year. I'm looking at some of the memories that are coming up as you know, the social media reminders are what they are. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, whoa, and the kitchen was entirely different last year. And then as soon as we started in the kitchen, we ended up with the kitchen remodel thing happening where the appliances and all that stuff were updated. And so we went in um, just, you know, because we were podcasting and live streaming. And I went into the kitchen, and lo and behold, you know, everything popped off. And I'm like, okay, so let's let's come up with some consistency with this. So we decided each Wednesday, we would, uh, well, actually we did Tuesday and Wednesday because, you know, hey, I wasn't that good at this, at cooking. I was uh, going back into the kitchen and, and we, we went shopping. And the entire experience, when it first started, the entire experience was just a live environment. Now, trying to figure out how this works, trying to, uh, bring it down, you know, a little less, you know, um, I don't want to say like less time, well, definitely less time because it was really overwhelming when you guys got a chance to see the entire process. You still see pretty much the entire process and just break it up. Like now, instead of having this full on conversation immediately after cooking, like the next day, just kind of come back and talk about the episode. And I get that from, you know, some mentors in in the game, of you know film tv and production um after talks are really good because i you know i i see i get a chance to go back and see some of the comments i get inboxes people ask questions and either be you know before doing an after and then so i just kind of come back and talk about that the way we decided on doing a gravy episode like literally i was like i don't feel like cooking i gotta still got a fridge full of leftovers it was because on Monday, we actually cooked on Monday because uh, the cover was bare. There was nothing else to nibble on and so forth. So I we, we did a meatloaf on Monday. When I did the meatloaf, my family likes gravy on the meatloaf. And we would normally go with... Uh, a cream of mushroom or a golden mushroom. And yeah, it sounds like a popular soup, right? Well, it was, except for one of the things that we're trying not to do in the household is to do too many canned goods. Uh, just trying to move away from that. But then we, we, one reason we're not trying to do the canned goods is because a lot of that convenience stuff, like we keep a couple of good cans around for the apocalypse, okay? But we just like um, now that we, you know, we don't like putting stuff in the cupboard because it ends up being in there a little too long. We don't like putting stuff in the freezer because, you know, if we get busy, then next thing you know, we end up tossing stuff out. Things expire, you know, so we've just gotten to the point where we realize that making fresh, you know, it's not, a, it doesn't take a lot. 
Yes, it does take a little bit more time than I ever had as a busy mom. And or the kids ever had, you know, when they were when we all we all had a night in the household that we cooked, which is why you probably only see me go in the kitchen on Wednesday. Like Wednesday, you know, is my night, is my day. And they expect, well, I'm over the top live streaming with my what I make on Wednesday. So that takes care of Thursday and Friday. And then Friday, I'll usually um, just kind of whip up something for us to nibble on as we're in and out of the house all weekend. So on Monday, um, we came into the week, didn't have a Sunday dinner because we were so busy Sunday. Because usually on Monday, we would have then the leftovers from Sunday and then the weekend we were busy. So I had to cook something on Monday. We made the meatloaf and that's how we got on the gravy. Uh, so on Wednesday, our episode was just literally making a gravy from scratch. And usually when you make gravy, it's because you prepare something that's going to lend itself to the gravy. Well, since with this, I love the fact we were starting uh, a gravy from scratch, not having prepared anything, you know, to kind of really kick it off. And um, two, most of you want like some real particular measurements. That's something that I have learned in doing the episodes in the kitchen. Let me bring up comments here as well. So I can say hello to you guys. And I'm on another app sending this over to um, the platforms that you're on. So it's really good if you engage, like, like, follow, comment, share, and all that kind of stuff. So that I can see the engagement where I am. So um, you guys have been asking since we've been in the kitchen. Because usually, you know, most people when they cook, they'll tell you, oh, just an, to taste or or they don't know how much they use of this, that, and the other. They just, you know, grab a smidgen of this, a pinch of that, and so forth. So what I wanted to do when we did our gravy episode was, hey, listen, what if we start with particular measurements and see how that works out? And then we can kind of tweak it and so forth. And that's just something I have learned that even though those of us that say we don't cook by measurement, you'd be surprised if you were to actually measure, you know, what your uh, behaviors and what your habits are. Like if your habits is grabbing a particular amount of this or a handful of that, a pinch of this, there is a measurement to it because science is what it is. Math is what it is. We just don't like science and math. So I grab what I would ordinarily grab for making some gravy. Like, you know, you put a little bit of oil in there enough to, you know, kind of cover the surface of the pan. Well, that turned out to be uh, one third cup of oil. Now we could have gone a little bit less. Maybe we could have done one fourth cup. And, and this is the thing. It depends on what you're making. It depends on, and this is where people come in and say, it depends on what your taste is. It depends on what you maybe grew up on. If you're trying to do your grandmother's, grandfather's, grand, the grands or the parents or you know, your favorite chef or something like that. They're still, I'm just trying to get comfortable here if it sounds like I'm moving around. Um, it just, um, it just depends on what you like. And when people say that, it's not to, it's not insulting because I'm in a couple of food groups and a lot of times people will ask for specific, you know, questions or specific answers and you really just don't have it. So when we made the how to make gravy video, which is now on YouTube and it's on our uh, page, if you scroll back it's it's just everywhere <laughs> um i i think i'm gonna dial it back and tell you one third cup of oil because one fourth cup and all the reason i'm doing the cup instead of the gram and i probably should have done all the and I'll, i will do that i'll go back and do all the different measurements but um i think i would have liked a little less oil because i did have and i have the gravy now and i know when i go to use the gravy i'm probably gonna 
It's in the fridge, and I guarantee there's some separation. If there's a lot, then I'm going to tell you to use one-third cup. And I think one-third cup is enough. And one of the reasons I want to say one-third cup, because, you know, then that will give you equal amounts of oil and flour. Because we did one-fourth cup of, one-third cup of oil. Wait a minute, which is more? One-third cup of oil, one-fourth cup of flour. That's what we did. So I will tell you one-fourth cup of oil. But... You know what? When I poured the oil in, I think I did try to do less and I went back and used all of it. So, um, and I know it sounds, if, but like I said, it depends because if you are, let me cough here. Guys. If you are, um, making your gravy after, and this is why people say they don't know how much they use, because if let's say that I had already prepared a meat, and I pour off the excess oil and keep it a little bit of oil in the pan. I'm certainly not going to have an exact measurement of that, particularly because that oil is hot, right? So normally when people are making gravy, they're going in after they've cooked something else, such as your chicken or your, you know, your poultry, your your fish, your, po- your um, pork, whatever. You know, something you've already um, fried in the pan. Usually you're making gravy from something that you fried. For me... Usually I'm making gravy after I fried something because, you know, I've got that good drippings in the pan and I'm just going to um, pour off the excess oil, keep it a little bit, and then tossing that flour in there. But there are always those times when the family wants some mashed potatoes. You just need to whip up some brown gravy. That's basically what we did uh, in the episode. And as you can see kind of on the screen if you're catching this live or in the um, thumbnail if you're catching this elsewhere, we just made a quick brown gravy. Gravy has so, so many variations and so many names out there, but just a particular, um, a simple brown gravy, oil, flour, and water, right? Um, I happen to have on hand some chicken stock, so I use the chicken stock. Um, and why did I have the chicken stock on hand? Because we remember we did that episode where I had to, um, cut up the whole chicken and when you do that, you take your eight pieces, your beautiful eight pieces, although I ended up with seven pieces of chicken. I could just, I couldn't go no further. Oh, so I had a leg quarter. Um, but after you do that, you have the remnants of the carcass. Okay. I hate to say it that way, but it is. And you just take that and you pour, you put that in a pan, uh, with some onions and some celery and salt and pepper. And you boil that off, and that's where the chicken broth comes from. So I had broth on hand, chicken stock, broth, whatever you want to call it. And I know there's a difference. I'm not in the kitchen that much. To... I'm sorry, there is a difference. I didn't put my D&D on. Um, so what I did was, um, I, and I, we talked about that again in the gravy. A lot of cooking comes from necessity, what you have on hand, necessity and scarcity, right? We went in the kitchen under the conversation of scarcity and there's a lot of scarcity and, and the, the, the origins of a lot of these recipes come based on what people have, what people had on hand. Um, like say for instance, like the next thing we're going to do, we're going to try this hot water cornbread, hot water cornbread escaped me for life. I'm like, I don't get it. 
Why are you putting water in the cornbread? Uh, it represented a scarcity. Today, a lot of these things, you know, they're like delicacies. Like, you know, it's, it's something good. People go and pay good money to reminisce over these recipes. Recipes take us, they, they help us time travel back to a time. And I went and watched the video, and I still laugh at this video to this day, um, of one of the YouTubers making this hot water cornbread. And uh, I love the way she did it. She had this, she said, after you, you know, mix up your mix, she said you needed a bowl of cold water because I didn't realize that she was going to literally put her hand in this hot batter. I'm like, why? Who does that? Right. But they do. <laughs> so she needed the cold water to cool down. The, the, apparently you make a patty out of this bread. But, you know, when we went in the kitchen, I wanted the story side of things, y'all. We, we need the story side of this stuff as I take a sip of my, my lemonade. Because these are the things that we need to pass on. These are the things that we need to pass. We need to pass these stories on. We need to talk about how things differ. Because especially in this day, when we're putting things on social media and people make all kinds of assumptions about what they see on these little tiny screens and what they hear on the podcast. And when you don't give the backstory, the history. It's not just the backstory. A lot of people don't want to give the backstory because it's a heavy backstory. But when we're reminiscing in these recipes, like when I got ready to talk about the gravy, I was talking about the fact that I remember the first time I made gravy and, and I thought I would be able to go in there and just simply whip this up for the simple fact that I had watched, you know, generations just knock out gravy. And when I tried to make it myself, thinking I'm doing the same thing, I remember the first time I was in high school and I had made these amazing pork chops. And I was like, oh my God, they must be smothered in gravy. And so the first time I tried to make gravy, Lord, I had too much flour. It was growing in this pan. Like I had too much flour, too much oil. I don't think I, I don't know what I did. But I just remember it, I just remember it doubling in size and literally coming out of the pan. And I was on the phone with my aunt because my mom was on her way home. Like, you know, with no cell phones back in those days. And so I was asking my aunt, I was like, something's going on with my gravy. I don't know what it is. And she finally told me I had too much flour. Because every time I would add my liquid, it would, I basically was creating this a batter. I, you know, now that I think about it, it seems like I had pizza dough. Because when you think about it, oil and water and flour. I was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, so that was, that was part of that. But, um, one of the questions we get all the time is literally like how, how to make gravy. And one of the things about when you're making gravy, you can't be afraid to stop, dump and start over. Right. And if you've ever had to lose good drippings because your gravy didn't come out right. And there, there are things along the way, you know, if it doesn't start out right, you can doctor it up. But if anybody knows, if you try to doctor some gravy, you go trying to go back in, adding more flour, even trying to thicken it with cornstarch and all of these things, you still, you may get a good, it may look good in the end, but the taste is not there. It may taste good in the end, but it doesn't look good. So if you don't, if you, the minute you put that flour in the pan, if you don't, if it doesn't come out right, stop, just stop. Or if your grease is too hot or it went too far, maybe it's a little, you know, too dark. Uh, or if you want it, white gravy is too brown or brown gravy that's too white. 
all of those things. Because if you don't, if you're going in, if you add the liquid too soon, it's not going to burn. <laughs> you're going to have to burn that, you know. So don't be afraid to start over. And, and, and again, on the scarcity side, if that's all you got, then you work with what you got. If you have to go in and season, if gravy has no flavor, then you got to add, you know, salt and pepper at the end. And basically the very simple things about um, the gravy, simply salt and pepper. And I know, I know that's a, that's a great given on my end, but I just know that my dad he always made good gravy one because he always, and this is different between my mom and my dad, you know, it's like, it's, people are funny, but he would always use a broth. Always. We used to always wonder like, why does his gravy? Cause he would always, we'd always had a holiday. He'd always have something, uh, in gravy and the gravy was always good. And a lot of times, you know, you go and you try to duplicate these things and you really don't know what your people are using. What well, is it was broth. But if you're using broth, then it's, the flavor is going to be there. Most people, some people use water, but then they add um, bouillon or um, flavor packets of this, that, and the other. That's another thing, too. And a lot of people do that, just go with the water because they don't have broth on hand. Or they can easily control what's the flavoring and how much seasoning is going. Sometimes, you know, those things are heavily in salt. Like I said, when we're talking about cooking, please apply your own dietary restrictions. Like if I say, put in some salt, you know, you're not supposed to have salt. You need to go and get some flavors from uh, elsewhere, you know, some, and, and salt shouldn't be your flavoring, right? But everything tastes good with a little bit of salt. Okay. So again, that's why we say, According to everything, according to your dietary restrictions, like we're making a lemonade, sweeten your lemonade according to your dietary restrictions. You know you're not supposed to have sugar, then you need to use your other things. But again, giving you, uh, let me check on the time. I don't want to go too long on this. Um, just very simply, I'm so excited it did come out right. So what we had, um, what came out turned out to be the perfect gravy. Only turned out to be the perfect gravy because we were live and y'all were watching. If I was just making this, I would have had to do it probably two or three times. But um, one third cup of oil, one fourth cup of flour, and when I use the all-purpose flour, no, it's a whole other discussion on the all-purpose flour. What's on hand? You use what's on hand. Uh, I happen to have because we we did a number of baking and pasta and all those. I've got an array of flour on hand, but I use the all-purpose because it's right there on the counter. Most people will probably use uh, the self-rising. And a lot of times if you have, and, and if you are not a baker, but you have flour on hand, you probably have a self-rising because it, 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 it's just, as far as like you're breading, you know, chicken and, 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 and other things, it's really good for that. Um, you probably have self-rising. If you have self-rising, then you don't, you might not need to add any salt. Uh, I use my all purpose, you know, which is kind of bland and for the baking, which is normally, um, there are a couple of things added to it on the baking side of it. So being that I grabbed the, uh, all purpose, I knew I needed to add some salt. So just a pinch of salt and pepper. We did do a salt and pepper on that. And because we did the chicken broth, now remember, I, I made mine with chicken broth. So that chicken broth was already flavored with the onions and the celery and, of course, the chicken. So, and then it just ended up being the perfect gravy. So, um, put your oil in the pan. Now, the temperature of your pan, and uh, again, you know, this is one of those things. I cook everything on, on medium. I used to cook everything on high. 
And one day I was watching a video, I was watching one of the lives when we first started in the kitchen and I saw the stove and I was like, look at this, why do I cook everything on high? Because it depends on who taught you to cook. It depends on who came behind you. My mother, man, I can't, I tell you, tease you guys all the time, telling you how many stoves I had to buy because she cooked everything on high. Not only did she cook everything on high, it was like, you know, the cleaning of the stove was a thing. I'm like, everything, every pot boiled over. But then I think about, okay, again, the history. She learned to cook from her parents and if you were now I just went back three generations and we talk about stoves in three generations, you know, there was that generation. They didn't have they didn't have reg they couldn't regulate the heat. They had certain techniques and behaviors in which to regulate the heat, which is why you see some people when they're cooking, they're moving things on and off the eyes, you know, off the stove and, and doing this and putting the spoon across the pot and all this. And the lid goes this way and that way because they had to regulate the heat in such manner. Whereas today, turn the stove down. You could turn the stove down. Most of us don't know that. We don't realize that. And I realized that one day when I was watching, I was watching, um, one of my, one of my lives. And I was like, and I looked at every, every eye was up high. I was like, that is utterly, that is utterly ridiculous. I was watching some of the news. Sorry, got distracted. Utterly ridiculous. And so now I have adjusted. I have adjusted my temperatures when I cook. But when we made the gravy, I, I used my, one of my uh, electric skillets so that we can do the overhead. I used one of my electric skillets and I um when I did the electric skillet I think I had it I want to say maybe 275 not necessarily 250 not necessarily um to not necessarily 300 it was in fact uh, I think 275 and so that's a part of it. so therefore when I and then too I did it while I was live streaming so I had to pay particular attention, be very careful because we were in the conversation and I'm watching the stream and, and engaging and also trying to make this. But when I started, let me tell you, when you start, it does go fast. It does go fast. So your, your pan is hot, right? Your pan is hot. Your grease goes in that hot pan. Your flour goes right in. Okay. You, there's nothing to bring up the temperature. Your pan is hot, especially if you're using an electric skillet which off the stove, even on the stove, um, the grease goes in, you get that nice sizzle. You hear that sizzle, you're ready to go. Your flour goes in, start browning. So you got to start, and this is quick, stirring immediately, okay? You got to, because you don't, you don't want any clumps, you don't want any lumps. And usually the clumps and the lumps, that doesn't usually come unless you're trying to add flour after you add your liquid. And there's some people who just go all in. You know, there are some people who will take their flour and their liquor and whisk it into the liquid. It depends if you're it's, it, like I said, everybody does. There's so many schools of thought on gravy. There's so many because there have been times like, say, for instance, if I'm, I'm not taking my food out of um, the, the liquid is already in, then I may just want to add something to just kind of thick on that liquid. Like say if I was baking something, I'm not going to remove, I'm going to take a little bit of that juice from the baking, what I'm baking, which is now like mainly like some broth or a stock. I'm going to take some of that and I may put that in my measuring cup and then I may whisk in, um, you know, whisk in the, um, 
the flour, the cornstarch, something like that. And then add that back to whatever pan I'm, if I'm baking or roasting, okay? That's the thing. But on top of the stove for making the gravy, oil goes into the hot pan, the flour goes in. You want to brown the flour according to the, the color of gravy you want. It's, it's really not, it's not rocket science, okay? Even though it feels like rocket science. But you want to instantly start stirring that around. And you cook it basically just to get the, most people say like the, the pasty taste, the flour taste out of it. Or basically just to um, merge the flavors. Because if you are cooking from, and this is where you're not going to really have any flavor. If you are not using drippings, meaning older grease that has a little bit of drippings from whatever you probably previously cooked or whatever you cooked that day. Uh, if you're using, you know, coming in after what well, we're talking about, let's talk about from scratch, right? So if you are using drippings versus just a good uh, couple of teaspoons of brand new oil, then you're definitely going to have to f- flavor that, right? So you might want to, within your flour, also at the same time, go in with your salt and pepper, and then brown your brown your flour with that, right? Brown your flour mixture now because it's now flour, salt, and pepper, or flour in your favorite seasoning. If 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 you're a seed from the seasoning side of things, um, have that in going there with the flour or season it after you finish your finish off your gravy. Most people will try to season after they finish off the gravy, just in case the gravy doesn't come out right. That's a few more ingredients you didn't waste. But if you go in at the right temperature, get that get that oil at the right temperature where that flour goes in and immediately starts to sizzle as opposed to draining up that oil, immediately start stirring and browning the flour. And I'm telling you, when you put that flour in that oil, the from you know you've got good gravy from the very first stir. You know you've got anybody that's made gravy a couple of times you know you've got good gravy from the very first stir. You know you've got good gravy the minute that flour hits that oil. If you've got that instant sizzle, meaning that the pan and that oil is at the right temperature, you know you've got good gravy and you're hoping that you don't mess it up. You're hoping you don't get distracted, you don't look away because it'll, it'll burn in a few seconds. If, it's at, if you're going at the right temperature, it's going to move fast. Go ahead and get that, get that flour stirred around. You got that sizzling going on. You can see the uh, immersion of the flour into the oil. It's becoming a thing. It's becoming a solution, a perfect solution. And you know then when you hit it with your either your water or your broth or whatever you're going to kind of deglaze with that pan with, as soon as that liquid hits and it gives you that nice smoky sizzle, right? You and Again, the sizzle will be talking to you. It lets you know. I'm telling you at the right, and it's all about your temperature. I think it's all about the temperature and timing. I think it, I think the whole kitchen is about temperature and timing because if the oil hits the pan and you got a sizzle, the flour hits the oil and you got that sizzle because that's just like the sound of accomplishment. The oil, the oil hits the pan and it's ready to go. The flour hits the oil and you get that sizzle, it's ready to go. Then once you brown that flour, because you, you're going fast here, then once you, the first couple of droplets of your uh, liquid hits that, and, and then you, and you know you got good gravy because you can see it coming at you, right? You can see what it looks like, it's, it's perfect, right? 
And uh, first thing it's going to do is going to start thickening up that flower. That flower is going to start expand. There's an expand. There's a there's an expansion that happens. That's what you're looking for. Because as soon as right now you've got flour and oil in the pan. So it starts to look like what your root. OK, so it starts to look almost like a, a, a texture. It's a, it's mirrors. almost like a it's a dough. It's like a, kind of like a cookie dough. It's like a dough. It's it's like it goes from oil to flour, and then it becomes like this little dough, right? So then, and it, it is, it's it's not in a ball. It's not clumpy. It's not lumpy. You know, it's just it's nice, smooth texture. Gravy is smooth at every level, right? You got lumps. You got clumps. Work that out, okay? There is no oh, let me go on to the next step, right? It grave good gravy is smooth from beginning to end. Ain't no working out no lumps. There ain't no working out no clumps. Those lumps and clumps and things happen if you're not at the right temperature, if you don't stir at the right moment, okay? There are no lumps and no clumps. Ain't no working that out. Take it out. Just scoop that out, okay? Stop it. Start over. Put that down the drain because you're going to be repairing this gravy. Any, any of that stuff, you will be preparing your gravy all the way down the line. You're going to sit down and then you're going to be mad because it didn't go right. And then you got you put this bad gravy on that good poultry, that good pork chops, that good everything. You mad all the way to the end. If it don't start out right, if if you don't have that perfect smooth gravy, is smooth from beginning to end. Okay, so hot oil, hot pan, hot oil, hot flour. And then you put in your liquid, and then all you got to do is once you add that first liquid, get that stirred around. Your flour starts to expand. Okay, add your next liquid. You know, you put the liquid in the stages and you're stirring the entire time. And you basically added, I added 16 ounces of liquid because I was making, I don't know. What was that? I did, I added 16 ounces of liquid. I started out with 16 ounces of liquids. because Oh, because we were trying to come up with the perfect recipe. Because people want to know how many ounces of this, how many cups of that, how many teaspoons of this, that, and the other. I use my little pinch bowls and my little measuring cups. So that's why I ended up saying, because uh, really it was basically, I guess you could do by ounces or grams, right? We'll figure it out. I'll go measure it and I'll, I'll put that out there. Okay. A uh, third of a cup of oil, a fourth of a cup of flour, 16 ounces of liquid. Perfect gravy. Perfect gravy. If you go in the kitchen and make it, if it don't come out of perfect gravy, dump it. Start over. Perfect gravy. Every time. Perfect gravy. If it was perfect gravy the first time, it'll be perfect gravy every time. The pan was about 275, not 300, not 250. I think I was right in the middle, right? Perfectly heated pan, perfectly heated oil, perfect amount of flour. And I think it was a perfect amount of uh, oil. And my oil, don't forget, I use drippings. I use from my, from my dripping, my dripping dish. I have a dripping dish off to the side of the stove. You probably got one too. Uh, I didn't use, I did not the baking oil. I used from something I recently fried. And I grabbed some of those drippings out of there. And you can see it on the video. I've got my little dish of oil. You can see the drippings in there. The drippings went in there. And then the flour went in. And then I, and then after I browned my flour to the consistency and the color, I wanted of my brown gravy. Right. There's all kind of shades. When we did the meatloaf, we went with the white gravy because I wanted cream of mushroom. And here's what I did. And there's a couple of schools of thought. If you're going to start out with onion, um, some people will stir fry their Some people will brown their onions and the mushrooms and then take them out and then make the gravy. Me, 
I'm like, I don't need that extra step. I don't want to dirty that extra dish. And But again, it's good if you can do, if you get time. If you got time to take those onions and mushrooms out and let them rest, see, that's what that's about. It's about letting them rest, right? It's about letting them rest. Because when they rest, there's a remnant that comes out of that, right? The rendering. There's a rendering that comes out of food when it gets a chance to rest. And coming into the kitchen and learning about following recipes and learning about just patience in the kitchen. Because sometimes, you know, we've been bought, we've bought into this thing where we don't have time and everything needs to be at our convenience. But we sacrificed a lot of flavors. So when I made the mushroom gravy, I made it, I had to finish up. Because one, I was live streaming, and two, I was trying to feed my family, and three, I was trying to go somewhere. But if I had been able to, to brown my mushrooms and my onions, take them out, let them rest, so they would render some more goodness, then when I put them into the, added them back at the end of the gravy, would have been good. But what I ended up having to do was saute my mushrooms and onions, add the flour, the oil to that. And then go, and the gravy still came out great, but we did a cream of mushroom, meaning that I made that gravy with water and then I added some half and half. So I made a white gravy. I didn't brown the gravy totally. I just, you know, went quickly through the steps, kept my gravy, kept my roux or my gravy white, and then, and then also whitened it up some more with the cream because I was making, I wanted a cream of mushroom um, to go. And if I wanted to do a golden mushroom, I just would have browned the gravy and I would have added in a couple other ingredients um, to have a nice golden mushroom, probably put in a little bit of butter, you know, and those things. And then I would have did a golden mushroom. And, and that I do that because we're trying not to use the things that are in the can and in the packets, right? Let's just take these extra steps. So if you're going to do a mushroom, let's just think about an onion. Most people want an onion gravy. You would brown your onions, take the onions out, let them render. Okay, let them rest, let them render, then do the three steps, onion, the oil, oil, onion, liquid, and then add the onions back, let that simmer. Because when you're adding them back, then those onions, you added back that, that rendering from those onions that are now going in that pan, which you would not have gotten if you didn't allow them to rest. Like I'm talking about that juice that comes out of it when you sit it to the side, let it hang out for a minute. Um, you don't get the onions don't get time to do that and i know you're thinking it's already in the pan no it's in the rest it's that juice that that juice only comes out when you let it rest if you continue all the different steps you're not going to get that that's why food tastes better the next day because it gets a chance to rest that's why when you rush to eat and you like trying to eat that hot food and don't let it chill and sit and rest for a minute and you like you come back to it and you're like, well, dang, this tastes better. It tastes better because of the patience because you had a chance to let it rest. We're right at about 34 inches. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, go over that. You know, I've, I've loaded the video, the real time uh, of the gravy making. The real time is out there. Also, there's a five minute video short. You can even get it shorter than that. Uh, depending on what platform you're on, there's a hyperlapse of it as well. But again, um, oil, water, liquid, oil, oh no, I mean, I'm sorry, oil, flour, liquid, okay? You can even do it with butter. You can do it with butter. Uh, like I said, there's so many schools of thought. If You, you can ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 ways of how people make gravy. That's just how I did it, how to make gravy. Um, a good hot pan, some good hot oil, 
flour right in, brown your flour, make sure from the beginning, no lumps, no clumps, from the beginning, a very smooth consistency, uh, brown it to the consistency you want, then go in slowly with your liquid, don't add it all at one time, because that's the lump and clump situation, just stir it, add, stir it, add, stir it, add, stir, stir, and continuously add, continuously stir, continuously add, and then, uh, and stop when it's ready. Stop when, and let it rest. Let it rest. Um, if you are if you were making the gravy after you've prepared some food, go ahead and put the food back in the gravy. Let it simmer. Letting it simmer is a thing, okay? And then before you eat, turn it off. Let it, let, it, let, let it rest some more and then fix your plates and then enjoy it. That's how you make a gravy. I, I love doing these episodes. If you caught this on our podcast, once we've put it out there for the podcast platforms, you're going to see that we've got a couple of um, podcasts that we do. Uh, the How to Get Out of Bed series is done. For those of you that are on the platform and you're looking for the next How to Get Out of Bed, we stopped at 90 episodes there. I know you like checking to see when we loaded another um, we have a page for that. We're sharing those consistently, but I'm working on those because those 90 episodes are getting transcribed uh, for the book that's coming out this fall, and that is how to get out of bed. You can't go in the kitchen until you can get out of bed. And, and some of you said, I can't go in the kitchen because I can't get out of bed. Well, let me tell you, going into the kitchen helped me to get out of bed, and I love sharing these journey, journeys with you as I, as I am uh, truthful, honest, and transparent, and it's all exciting. And I, I was already missing podcasting. I was like, let me go and do this episode. So behind uh, each episode in the kitchen, we will have a podcast kind of talking about what we, what we, I keep saying we, me, I, all of us, uh, what we did in the kitchen and answering some of the questions that come up, some of the comments that come up. And like I said, there's so many schools of thought, and there should be. Yours is not wrong. Mine's not wrong. You know, we're not all right. Uh, everybody should have them because we, we're, all, we're all different. We're all doing things different, you know. Um, there's a reason why there's so many ways. And, and there's nothing wrong with trying it all. There's nothing wrong with experimenting with it all. I love it. But the best part about it, don't just say you do yours different. Give us a story. Why? How? Based on who? Based on what? Based on where? You know, give us some of that story um, behind it. And, I hate when people say, well, that's not how I do it. Okay, why? How? You know, it, we don't have, and you know the best thing about it is, we don't have to do it the same. We don't have to do it the same. You may say, well, I use a half a cup of flour. I'm like, well, I'm going to say, like, how many people are you feeding? But if it comes out good and you love it, you enjoy it, that's all that matters. There's too much of our lives that's up for discussion. Know this. When I post it, when I put it out there, the way I live it, it really ain't up for discussion. But I'm still willing to talk about it because, you know, I want to share. I want to share. There's an amazing story behind the way I make gravy. I know there's an amazing story behind the way you make gravy. And I was willing to share mine. I hope that you are willing to share yours. And if you have already shared yours in this post, would you please tag it so we can go and check yours out as well? Because you know what? It doesn't have to be but you, but me. It could be me and you, you and me. There's room for us all in the kitchen. Thank you so much for hanging out with In the Kitchen with Dryer Buzz. Welcome to all the new likes, uh, follows, and friends. Uh, definitely keep your eye out for more. Uh, I think, did I say what we were doing? 
Oh, I got to try that hot water cornbread. And then there's also on the page, guys, uh, somebody has challenged the lemon blueberry. Lemon blueberry was the uh, the cake for the summer. Um, it It's going everywhere. I did, I did a lim- I participated in a lemon cake bake-off, bake-along. Um, and I think I ended up adding some blueberry one time because I had a bunch of blueberries from an event. But let me tell you, uh, I, in, in the worst, y'all, I can make gravy. What I cannot make is that doggone glaze. I cannot get that glaze right for nothing. And so go look at the page. I forgot who I shared it from, but somebody made the perfect a lemon blueberry bunt cake and it had the perfect lemon glaze on there and guess what she did she shared every every minute of how she did it so let's take that challenge so we'll be doing that as well because you know i got the lemons all up in here right so all right guys i'm out y'all have a great day um i have some more podcasting to do leading into the weekends we got buzzard or bassage buzzard or bassage we're trying to figure out um what days? I know Saturdays and um, a couple other days we'll be doing buzzard or bash it. And pretty much when the news cycle jumps off. So y'all have a great day. Thank you. I need you to do me one more favor. You already know what that is. Let me give it to you. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.